0: Welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. Hello, and thanks for joining me. I'm Ruth Kirchner. Today, we start a special series of podcasts on China's core executive that is China's top level leadership. These podcasts are part of our coverage of an international conference at Merricks held in June examining leadership styles, structures and processes under Xi Jinping. Today I'm very pleased to welcome Professor Roderick McFarker, distinguished historian and political scientist at Harvard and author of numerous books on China's modern history. Welcome Professor McFarker. Let's start with looking at the type of leader Xi Jinping is or wants to be. You describe China's top leaders as either chairman of the board or CEOs. The chairmen are pretty obvious, Mao Zedong and Deng Xiaoping. Is Xi Jinping a chairman?
1: I think that Xi Jinping is undoubtedly wishes to be a chairman and indeed has already indicated by his uh, method or operation uh, that he has a big ideas in foreign policy, but in particularly in domestic policy. Uh, about cleaning up the party via his anti-corruption campaign. He has an agenda and he sees himself as a chairman. But the unusual thing about him as compared with Mao and Deng Xiaoping is that both Mao and Deng Xiaoping uh, were very happy uh, to uh, let uh, a chief executive officer carry out the plans which they had sketched. In the case of Xi Jinping, my... uh, observation is that uh, he doesn't really trust anyone except himself and very few close colleagues to execute his plans and that's why he is a chairman of every committee of any importance in China today and why he keeps his finger on everything.
0: So you say um, he is a man with big ideas, is that the main quality that a chairman of the board in China uh, needs to have? Well as Mao demonstrated
1: Uh, and Deng Xiaoping demonstrated Mao in a much more devastating way. A chairman of the board can attempt to push his CEO into implementing the most disastrous policies, uh, as Mao did during the Cultural Revolution. Deng Xiaoping's policies were much more favorable to China, reform opening up, which he entrusted to his two CEOs that he appointed at the beginning of the 80s. In the case of Xi Jinping, what he's done is that he has sidelined the Prime Minister. Normally, under Jiang Zemin, the instance, uh, Zhu Rongji, who was a darling of Western economists, uh, was the Prime Minister, and he did all the implementation. But uh, Xi Jinping has sidelined the Prime Minister, sidelined the Cabinet, the State Council, and uh, clearly everything is going to be decided by him.
0: Okay, let's uh, come to the question of implementation in a moment. uh, But uh, let's stick a little bit with uh, his qualities of chairman. I mean, that vision thing you said he wants to clean up the party. He wants to root out corruption. What exactly is his vision for China and for China's place in the world?
1: I think his vision is, uh, he would hope, a, a modernized view of China's centrality in world politics. In traditional times, of course, China was central only to uh, East Asia. I think he uh, believes that China, with its enormous population, economy, and so on, can be central to the world. And I suspect that that his Chinese dream, which he will not articulate as that uh, in those terms, uh, encompasses that centrality in the world in due course. In order to get there, however, he believes, and this is his sort of Primary agenda item at the moment, he believes that he has to have an implement at his ha- fingertips, namely the Chinese Communist Party, which is uncorrupt. Uh, the level of corruption, everyone has agreed in China, all the past leaders have agreed, is extraordinary. It's from top to bottom in China. And he wishes, and this is his first object of business, to wipe out corruption from the party. In my view, that's an admirable objective, but in my view, also, the way he's pursuing it, he is likely to destroy the party. Destroy the party in what sense? Well, if you are a lower level party official or not a party official, you just uh, uh, think you've joined it. Why would you join it if your little chance of corruption, which is all you have to eke out your miserable wages in some rural occupation? Why would you join the party if you can no longer get that extra income? And at the top level, he is destroying it because he is putting at risk the reputations, the families, the whole concept of uh, contribution to the revolution of very powerful people who have been leaders of China in the past 30 years. And uh, they are feeling threatened. And uh, we know, at least I believe it's true, uh, a very good source, that uh, there has been at least one attempt on Xi Jinping's life. And I'm not surprised. So you think there
0: is a pushback?
1: I think that there are many people who would like to push back. The real question in a situation like this, where one man has used a leader-friendly system to accumulate all power to himself, the real problem is who is going to be the person who first puts his head above the parapet and fires the first shot at this leader."
0: This is Merrick's Experts. With me is Professor Roderick McFarcker, the Distinguished China Scholar. We're discussing the leadership of Xi Jinping. Now the other question of course is, as you've already mentioned, uh, can he actually do it, Xi Jinping? He has. He might have the vision, he might give direction, but can he run a vast, complicated country with nobody other than himself to carry out these policies?
1: I don't think so. I think we've already seen in the economic meltdown they had on the stock exchange a year or so ago uh, that uh, they really are groping for the right policies in economics. They talk reform, but they seem to have abandoned reform. I have uh, some sources which suggest to me that in terms of strategy in foreign affairs, He doesn't have people to advise him in any numbers. It's basically himself and a couple of other people. And I just don't see how it's going to be possible for him, not to make decisions, he can make a decision, but to make sensible decisions, make right decisions for China. And get them implemented. And get them implemented. I think the implementation is less difficult. I mean, if you tell the Navy to go and... uh, and set up an air base on a South Pacific island, South China Sea island, that's not difficult. The implications may be very difficult, and I think he's going to
0: find that out shortly. And uh, when it comes to the economy, of course, things get a lot more complicated, don't they? Because there you can't just, with a snap of your fingers, move the country in one direction or another.
1: Uh, Not only that, the fact is that uh, he is attempting to revive a super, super Maoist system, when uh, in the 1950s Mao and his colleagues controlled everything through movements uh, and were very successful, so successful that they proclaimed that socialism had arrived in China after only six years. He is dealing with an economy that is vastly greater than Chairman Mao could ever have conceived of. He's dealing with a society which is infinitely more complex than it was uh, the simple rural society that they inherited in 1949. He's dealing with a population that's over twice the size that Mao uh, inherited in 1949. So uh, this is a society which cries out for decentralization, for uh, local levels, the provinces, for instance, many of whom are more populous than most countries in the world, uh, to be given a free reign. But he's not going to trust that. One of the good things about the Maoist system was uh, the experimentation. They did experiments at local levels and then they popularized it. The bad aspect of that was that they often popularized it in places where it wasn't effective or it was counterproductive in agriculture particularly.
0: Now one other problem that uh, she has is that unlike uh, Mao, he is a leader without ideology. Is it actually possible to run a Leninist party, a communist country? Without communism? I don't think
1: it is. What the Chinese Communist Party has done since Deng Xiaoping is that they have been engaged in a wonderful period from their point of view of increasing the wealth of the country and of individual citizens. Now, however, if Xi Jinping attempts to control everything so that the economy doesn't work as well as it did, and of course it cannot go on at the same growth rate as it did in the past, and he starts restricting the access of uh, his fellow citizens to foreign ideas, then he has to fall back on an ideology. And the importance of the ideology is that it is something which links the state and society. So uh, your average peasant in classical times didn't know much about Confucianism, but he or she knew there was something about filial party, you had to obey your parents, and a few other simple nostrums like that would get through. So that was the ideology that brought them together. And then Mao extirpated Confucianism, or tried to, I think a lot of people are still Confucians in China today, but he substituted Marxism Leninism, and Marxism thought and that held the country together until the disasters of the Cultural Revolution. Now, in the search for modernism, Deng Xiaoping effectively uh, abandoned ideology. Uh, His famous utterance uh, uh, got from Chinese peasants was, it doesn't matter what color the cat is as long as it catches the mice. In other words, if it works, do it. It doesn't matter. Forget ideology. But that produces eventually a different kind of country uh, to one which is led by a communist party which insists on strict discipline. And what Xi Jinping has been searching for, indeed what Jiang Zemin and uh, Hu Jintao's predecessors were searching for, not with the zeal which he is searching for, uh, is an ideology which can re-establish an overlap between state and society. So that society automatically accepts what the state is doing.
0: they are imbued with the same principles. Now, you have seen Chinese leaders come and go. Where do you see Xi Jinping going?
1: Well, it's very difficult to see the future of Xi Jinping. He's obviously a risk taker, and uh, I think that he will try and stay on after his two terms are up, because only he can fix China, and that will be a point of struggle, even if there isn't one at the 19th Party Congress next year. I think that um, it really is a case of if he keeps his nerve and keeps enough people uh, around him, with keeps their nerve, and he do, genuinely has what he believes he has, the backing of the military, uh, then he could stay on. Whether or not the uh, people who are frightened of him, the people who uh, don't think these policies are good for China... I have the courage to stand up and say so is dubious in my mind. So I think that, short of some kind of massive disaster, he will be able to stay on.
0: Then, many more years with Xi Jinping, there are probably very few surprises left for someone like you, so versed in elite. Chinese politics but uh, to put it differently what actually still fascinates you about China or what may even fascinate you about Xi Jinping?
1: Well what fascinates me about uh, elite politics in China and Xi Jinping in particular is that uh, I first became fascinated by it in the early Maoist period before he took over power uh, the idea of, in effect he created what I called to use the old Arthurian legend, a round table of colleagues who worked together, came from different backgrounds within the party, different factions within the party, but he hammered them into a hole in Yenan, and they managed to discipline themselves and to create a military which conquered China. And then Mao started to undo it. Long before the Cultural Revolution, he was plotting against his colleagues in my view. So what fascinates me is the way that Xi Jinping is not fashioning that kind of uh, united leadership and he cannot because uh, he all he's got to deal with is a few friends he met during the Cultural Revolution when they were all sent down youth or the few people that he's cultivated as he come up through the party system but there's no Fighting against the Kuomintang, fighting against the Nationalist Party, and winning the Civil War to solidify that feeling of solidarity, and so he will have to rely on personal loyalty, and personal loyalty is notoriously short supply in any country, but particularly China.
0: You said earlier that you think that uh, Xi might be on a course where he destroys the party. He, you now say, he relies totally on uh, personal. Loyalty. So how durable, then, do you think, is the current system?
1: Well, anyone who votes against the Chinese Communist Party and puts a date to it really is very foolish. The party has survived enormous travails, notably the Cultural Revolution and the famine, and it can survive other disasters, I'm sure. What All I would say, and I used to say to my students, is that the system is fragile. Because, as we've discussed, there is no ideology to meld the system together with the society. The party no longer has the legitimacy and the respect and the authority that it had in the 50s. It has power, of course, but it doesn't have this automatic respect, which is why there are so many hundreds of demonstrations against party officials throughout the country every day. And until Xi Jinping, it did not have a a single leader who was able to impose his views upon the country. Now, I don't think myself that Xi Jinping, even with all the power that he's already accumulated and may further accumulate, I don't think that he is ever going to have the historic legitimacy that Mao had. So I think it's a fragile system, but fragile systems can last forever.
0: Professor McFarker, thanks a lot for sharing your observations with us. That was Roderick McFarker, Scholar on Elite Communist Party Politics at Harvard University. His essay, Leadership Style at the Party Center, from Mao Zedong to Xi Jinping, is published as part of the Merrick's Papers on China. I'm Ruth Kirchner. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. You have been listening to Merrick's Experts, the podcast from the Mercator Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, please visit us at merix.org.